I think probably the most basic and critical step we can take in reaching our world is to begin with prayer. Because for each of us, reaching our world is going to look a little bit different. For some of us, it's going to be to actually go and reach someone in another context, in another place in the world. But for all of us, we need to support that effort. And that begins with prayer. It begins with giving. So as I think about how do we as Colonial Heights reach our world, I would say all of us praying together is the first step. And I think about reaching our world. Um, I think about our family and friends who do not yet know the Lord as their personal Savior, as the Messiah that they have been waiting for. And um, I think about praying for them, praying for those who will be sent out, those who are already all around the world as missionaries. Um, I think about people in our community that we've been able to build relationships with um, who do not yet know and being able to look for gospel opportunities to share with them. I think about being willing to, to lay my yes before the Lord and to be willing um, to surrender to what His plans and His will and His desires are and to place those of greater value than my own. And so um, going to His Word and um, going to Him in prayer and seeking out Lord, what is the part you have for me? He's called all of us to play a part. He hasn't called any of us to do all of it, but he's called us to some part of reaching the world um, with the gospel. And so being willing to go to him and ask him, Lord, what is it that you want me to do to be a part of your um, global mission to reach the world with the salvation of Jesus Christ and then obeying, being obedient to that? I think when it comes down to personal responsibility for reaching our world, we have to understand just that. It's our personal responsibility. Every single one of us has people in our lives that we can tell about Jesus. We can tell the person at the restaurant. We can tell the person at, at the store. We can tell our next door neighbor, our cross street neighbor. There's people all around us we can tell about Jesus Christ. Then also, any time that we have the opportunity to go somewhere around the world, that gives us the opportunity to leave our comfort zone of here, here in America and go someplace where we can really focus on telling the, telling the world about Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 67. Psalm 67. This is arguably my favorite passage of Scripture. And... Uh, I have preached from it, I, I believe, even here before. Um, and, and while this will be kind of our main text today, uh, it's going to drive us to text all over Scripture. So you're going to want to, uh, in fact, I don't even know if you're, we're going to be able to flip to all of the different spots. Uh, but if you're a note taker, I want to encourage you to write down the passages of Scripture I mention, or at least kind of book and chapter kind of thing. So maybe you could go back and see parts of that. Uh, because today uh, there is just lots of Scripture references. And um, I mean, God's, God's Word is really abundantly clear. Uh, and so I want to help us see that throughout, like, a lot of scripture today. 
It is, as uh, Kylie said to start us off, it's, it's finally here. We're, uh, for, for some of you who, uh, right, you've been here the last couple months, you've come in each week and you've said, okay, like, what's the next piece? We've been thinking about who we are as a church. What's the mission of the church? What's the vision of the church? And so we've been thinking about that and, and how we want to do whatever it takes to make Christ's name known in all the earth. And so we're saying, like, let's do that. And so when we say today is that, that kind of culmination of that, it is the, yet it's, it's the beginning of something else, right? It's the beginning of us making a commitment to the church and to each other that we would be uh, financially investing in what's next, right? So, so yes, it, as we talked about last week, it is a goal to get out of the debt that we have so that we can do more for the glory of God and making Christ's name known. And while we do that, we want to be uh, increasing our efforts financially in partnerships and support of mission efforts around the world. Everything from Bible translating to, to getting the gospel to the unreached to supporting church plants and efforts in both locally and globally. And so when, when I thought of this last component of a vision statement, right? We want to know our people and love our community and end our debt and reach our world. When I thought about reaching our world, as you can imagine, my mind to went to a variety of passages. I thought about things like the Great Commission, which we'll talk about in just a minute. In fact, there's multiple Great Commission texts in the New Testament. So which, which one of those might I choose? Might we look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when Jesus is, is saying, like, there's, you're going to be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, like the end of the world, reach our world. I thought about those passages. I thought about Psalm 96. I thought about like passages that just remind us to declare the glory of God. And so uh, I, there was a variety of Old Testament and New Testament passages, but this one just sticks with me differently. Do you ever have those passages of scripture for you? Maybe there's ones that you just hold on to differently. Maybe, uh, you have them written on, or painted or whatever uh, around your house or whatever it is. This one I feel like is probably written in more places than anything else that I have. Uh, this one, I, I just keep going back to this text. In fact, I, re I remember, uh, I had certainly read it before, but I remember sitting in a seminary class of all places <laughs> and, and hearing this passage read and I, I was deeply convicted about my responsibility in, in conveying the truth of God and the, the gift of the gospel to the lost and to the entirety of the world and, and what my role in that was going to be and, and what my responsibility would then be as a pastor. And so let's do this. Let's read Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. 
Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. You know, uh, this is an abundant reminder that we are blessed. Right? We, we have been blessed. Like, even if you, if you go to the very beginning, like this is a, a request for blessing. And I hope you know that it is good and right for us to ask of, of stuff from God. He is the giver of all good things. Every good and perfect gift is from him. So why wouldn't we go to him and ask? Scripture even tells us, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for us. Go to him with your worries, your fears, your doubts, your anxieties, your like all of your stuff you go to him with. Go to him and ask him for blessing. Heal me, protect me, guard me, send me, love me, comfort me. Those are good and right prayers to pray. May God gracious to us and bless us. There's not rebuke in that. There's like, oh, you should stop praying that. No, no, this is, this is a psalmist like pleading with God in this way. But what I want you to see is that through God's grace, we offer glory. Through God's grace, this giving of good things that we do not deserve, we offer glory. Right? So think about this. Verse one, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. This, this idea of his face shining on us, like his, he's uh, excited to look at us. It's like his face is lighting up when he looks at his children. God, make your face shine upon us. May we have your presence. May we have your grace. May we have your blessing. May we have your abundance. But there's a reason. Verse two tells us the reason. It, it would be nice for us in our current vernacular to use the, the word so that, but, but imagine that so is there, right? God, be gracious to us, bless us, give us good things so that your way may be known on earth. See, when we say as a church together, we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. It's because we want, we, we have a desire to have our, as, as David was just praying, that our heart's affection and our mind's attention would be fixed on the glory of God, the majesty of God. Yeah, so when we, we think about this, this picture of who we are, we think this is what we want to do. We want to live this out. We want to actually say that, that for your glory, for your honor, for your namesake is why we want to tell other people of salvation. This, this leads us into this concept of we belong, we gather, we send, right? Like this is who we are as a church, we, we, we belong together. There's something different about who we are. I've said many times, like you, you can't belong to Colonial Heights or really to any church unless you belong to Christ. And belonging to Christ is a, a gift that is given by him through his son for us, through the death and resurrection of Jesus. 
In fact, part of belonging is understanding who we are in Christ. That's a, a challenging question sometimes, right? Who am I? Who's God, how has God designed me? I, I, I understand I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? What is, there's lots of identity questions, especially today, aren't there? How, how have we been made? What does scripture tell us about how God has uniquely designed us? In fact, uh, I want to invite you or encourage you to consider joining us on April 29th at 6 o'clock uh, for an in-depth study in God's word regarding that very question. Who am I? Who are we designed to be? This is something called Secret Church. It's, it's a long study. I won't, I won't lie. It's about six hours long. So like you got to like just power through. But uh, all of the ones I have participated in have been well worth it. So this will be a simulcast here uh, held at the church. And so I want to invite you to be a part of that as we consider, that, like, who am I? Who, who are we in Christ? We, we belong, but we also gather, right? Like, Yes, because you're here right now. Like there's, there's a gathering of people right now and there's something different about being in the room. There are certainly times where we aren't able to be here, but, but we should want to gather together, right? This should be like the norm for us. And when it is not, it should be something that we long for, something that we miss, something that is sad for us to not be a part of. This is all for his glory. We send people out. Like not just, yes, certainly on short-term mission trips. And sometimes we send you back to your homes. Like, right, we've said this before. Like you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here kind of thing, right? At the end of this service, you're going somewhere. And so we're gonna send you out. You might make Christ's name known wherever you are. But then there's others that we will send out for like years, they might not get to come back for a visit because they will go and they will be gone and, and we will simply passionately be praying for them, financially supporting them, caring for them as they make Christ's name known in all the earth. Now, all of this, right? May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us so that your name may be known on earth, your saving power in all nations. This is reaching our world. This is the point. I don't know if you and I even realize how blessed we are. Like if we're gonna use that phrase, we use the phrase sometimes, uh, we're blessed to be a blessing. Here, we like to say we're saved to be sent. The reason we were rescued is not just for ourselves. The reason God has abundantly poured out his blessing in our life is not just so that we could be a cul-de-sac of, of blessing, but that we could, as John Piper says, that we could be a conduit of blessings to all the earth. This is, the, this is like what happens to us, and this is all throughout scripture. So this is where I was saying, like there's just scripture after scripture after scripture, where we're gonna see blessing, rescue, salvation, protection, so that his name would be made known. So y'all ready for that? 
Not enough. Okay, so you'll get there. Um, so in Genesis chapter 12, this is like one of the beginning ones, right? So uh, things begin to change. If you go back even to Genesis chapter three, we're not gonna read that, but this is where like things start to change. There's a story of redemption that happens right after the fall, like right after sin first enters into the earth, into the world, and then right after that, Genesis 3.15, like from there on, like God the Father says, there's gonna be one that comes. And so everything else is like, get ready for the blessing of salvation that's about to happen. So then fast forward, you get to uh, Genesis chapter 12 and you have this guy named uh, Abram, right? And Abram is being called in this very unique way and, and God is making a covenant with him. His name becomes Abraham and he becomes the father of, like Father Abraham, right? That guy. And it says this, Genesis chapter 12, and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse and you knew all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Did you catch that? Like he's about to, to now, uh, if you know much about this story, it's pretty unbelievable because he's pretty old at this time. He has no descendants whatsoever. And God is giving him a promise. You're gonna be the, the father. He's not a father at all. You're gonna be the father, not just of a son, but you're gonna be the father of many nations. And all the earth is gonna be blessed through your line. You, like, this, is, this isn't just a little bit of a blessing, like, hey, you're gonna, like this sliver of people, all of the earth, the entire world is gonna be blessed because of what comes from your descendants. He doesn't even have a kid. That's, that's where we're at, right? So, so here's the deal. Uh, I'm gonna bless you, why? So that the world will know who God is. I'm gonna pour out my blessing, my rescue, my salvation for you so that all the earth will know who God is. He has a son. His son's name is Isaac, right? Abraham has Isaac. So Isaac, you fast forward several, there's lots of stuff that happens, but so we're not gonna get into all that, but in Genesis 26, this same promise is given to him. Genesis 26, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Like the, the fact that you were gonna, like uh, sometimes we have a tendency of not seeing the multiplication of our offspring as a blessing, but I'm telling you, it is a good thing, right? The more the merrier. This is a good sign. And so we're gonna, we're gonna give you more children. There's gonna be more coming. Your, your line is going to be long and fruitful. You're gonna have a big family tree and all of the earth is going to be blessed because of your line. Major blessing so that all the earth will know who God is. We fast forward just a little bit more. We get to his son just a little bit this time. We get to Jacob, so, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, these are known as like the patriarchs of, of the Christian faith. These are like our, our forefathers, so to speak. And so in chapter 28, verse 14, it says, your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north, to the south, and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. 
you will be blessed so that all the earth will know. Are you, are you catching this? Because I don't think you are. Like, even if you say yes, because we're going to keep going. There's, there's more and more and more of this. So then, okay, uh, you get to Israel. So uh, Jacob's name changes, right? And it becomes Israel. And that becomes like a whole people and a whole country in itself, a whole nation and Israel's blessing. So, so you fast forward now to the book of Exodus. I'm going to tell you some stuff in a minute, but they've, they've been in slavery. They, they leave slavery and they're They've just, they're about to cross the Red Sea. You know that story? Like the, not, not like a Cecil B. DeMille, but like really cool, right? Like the, the, the waters part, all the people go across. Here's what it says, Exodus 14, 4. I will harden Pharaoh's heart. He will pursue them and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. okay. So, so catch this. You're going to have to stay with me for just a second. Can you do that? In, in Joseph's story, so you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob has several kids. And one of them is named Joseph. It's like his favorite son. You're not supposed to have a favorite, but he did, okay? I know some of y'all do too, but he, he really did. He's giving him extra coats. He's doing all kinds of stuff for him and uh, like blessing him in a unique way. And, then, and his brothers hate him. For all of that. And so his brothers, they, they throw him in a pit and then they decide uh, not to let him die, but to sell him. They want to make money off him. So they, they sell him. And then when he is sold, he's basically in slavery. While he's in slavery, even though he's doing a really good job, he's lied about and sent to prison. While he's in prison, he uh, interprets some dreams of some guys and they're supposed to help get him out and they totally forget about him. So he gets brought out, right? So all of this has happened. Does any of that sound real pleasant to you? No, none of that story sounds real great. He was beaten, thrown in a pit, forgot about, sold in slavery, lied about, and then put in prison. So, so he's in prison. He gets out of prison because he interprets the, the, the big guy, the Pharaoh's dreams. And then that guy says, okay, you're number two in charge. So then Abraham, well, Jacob and his other son, so Israel at this time, they come out and they go to Egypt now. They go to Egypt and... Ah, and Joseph basically rescues all of his family, all of the, the people around him. And then uh, at the end of that, his brothers get really worried that he's not going to protect them for long. And he says something really particular in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He says, what you meant for evil against me, God meant for good, right? So, so even things, all of that stuff that didn't feel like blessing to him. I, I wouldn't say that that was feeling like blessing. If I get th wrongfully thrown into prison, if I get thrown into slavery, if I get lied about and forgotten about and beaten, all of those things don't seem like blessing to me. But what Joseph knew is that there was a bigger picture in mind. He didn't know what the picture was. He didn't know what the story was, but he knows that God has something bigger. God meant it for good. That's knowing that God is sovereign, even in the heartache, right? And and so then you start the book of Exodus. And in Exodus, it begins by saying, and then there was a Pharaoh who did not know of Joseph. And 
Now fast forward to all of those, the Israelites, they have grown probably to about 2 million and they were enslaved once again by the Egyptians. They thought they were gonna overtake them. So they, they overpower them and enslave them. So now think of all of that that took place all of that that took place. Then you get to these 10 different plagues, all this uh, kind of heartache and hardship that's happening even to the people of Egypt. And here's what happens, right? Again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. He will pursue them. I will get glory over Pharaoh and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So all of that took place. Why? So that. So he's, he's rescued. He's even restored his people. He's protected them. He's brought them into a place where they can actually live and thrive and grow to some 2 million people. Then God's gonna take them across the Red Sea. And the reason is so that another nation will know who God is. That sounds like a pretty good rescue plan, doesn't it? And it's not just because he likes Israel. It's because he wants the world to know how great he is. And then... Then we get to the blessing of the law in Deuteronomy. Like the, the law has been given, right? The 10 commandments have been given. You get all, all through Leviticus and many of you read through that real fast. If you're in the Bible reading plan right now, it's like, how fast can I get through Leviticus? Like, let's speed this up, right? Because it's, it's hard. But you get to Deuteronomy and it says this about the law. I've taught you statutes and rule. The Lord, my God, commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering and take possession of, keep them and do them. So that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples. So that as they hear the statutes, people will say, surely this great nation is wise and understanding people that there's something different about them. Why do you think God gives us the law that he gives us? It's not just so that we're like... Uh, excluded from all the cool things. It's so that we will look different, so that the world would look at us and say, there's something different. They're wiser, they're better. There must be something about the God they serve. There must be. Then you fast forward even more and you get to uh, that this is really not just for all the other nations, it's even for Israel itself. And you get to Joshua Joshua chapter three, the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. This is the reality that they're wanting it to be known. I am with you. I'm with you and the people of God. I'm with the people of God. Why do you, like the, the fall of Jericho, right? The, the walls, that didn't happen just because it happened so that people would see that God did that. God did that. People don't shout loud enough for walls to fall, but God does. One of my favorite Bible stories, true stories, David and Goliath. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of David and Goliath. Good job, all right? If you haven't, you should go read it. It's really good. First Samuel chapter 17, this little guy, he's probably a little guy, um, and he, he's, he is going to go to battle with this nine-foot giant with some rocks and a slingshot. And he comes out, and, and this guy, Goliath, he is, man, he's saying all kinds of harsh stuff, right? And this is what happens here at the end. David says, this day, 
the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down and cut off your head. I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. Listen why. So that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. For the battle is the Lord's. So that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves. Why was David rescued? Why was, why was David, this short little small guy who had a stone and a sling, able to defeat Goliath? Not just because he was a shepherd who had like done some good things against a bear and a lion and whatever else. No, it's because the people, so that the world would know that there is a God who saves. Salvation is not just so that David could be saved. It's so that the world would know who God is. And, and the reality, again, it's that this is no matter what happens in your life. So many times we're only looking for the blessings in life. But think about a guy like Job. Think about Job. Job says, the Lord said, uh, nope, not there. Uh, what he says is, shall you receive good from God and not evil? Like all, all of this is from God. What, whatever comes about in my life happens for God, from God. Like this is, this is for him. In fact, it's so that, like it even says uh, in, in Job, it says that uh, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So when things are going really well, guess what we're supposed to do? Praise him. When, when things are going really bad, guess what we're supposed to do? Praise him. This is what we do. In fact, at the end of Job, after Job has some terrible advice from friends and he listens and then he listens to God speak to him, then he says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. You do what you want to do when you want to do it because you are God. Get to Isaiah. Like I told you, there's a lot of scripture today. Isaiah chapter 12, and he says, uh, oh, this, like you should just go read Isaiah 12 because it's good. Like write that one down in your notepad, Isaiah 12. This is really good. But then he says, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Everywhere, over and over and over and over again. Blessing so that the name of Christ would be made known in all the earth. It's not just, for, this is not for our sake. I think we, we, we wrongfully assume that life is about us. How often do we do that? Hey, well, like this is for, like we even like that passage, like he's gonna work everything out for our good. And yes, he will. Like I don't doubt that passage, but it's ultimately for his glory. It's for his sake. I think of Ezekiel chapter 36. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name. And the nations will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel. I would like to introduce to you someone else named Ezekiel. I think there's a picture on the screen. 
This is Ezekiel Robert Hunsberger. I'm trying to look down because if I look up, I think I'll see too many things that'll make me uh, emotional. And I don't get emotional very often. <laughs> yeah, so Glory and I will be leaving this Thursday, uh, Lord willing, uh, headed to India again, but this time to bring home. Yes, so Ezekiel Robert is his name, but we will all call him Zeke. And uh, that's a whole lot easier than the mouthful, right? Um, if you know much about the story of Ezekiel, like in the scripture, uh, you know that the first big portion of the text, like the story is really difficult. It's hard. But the second part of it is where some pretty great stuff happens. So that's what we're hoping for our boy, Zeke, that that while the first part of his story is tragic and difficult, we are praying that redemption will come in the next. So we have named him Zeke, that we might see the redemption in his life in that same way. And we have done and will continue to do whatever it takes, right? to make sure our son gets home and hears of the never-ending grace of God. So you can pray in that line, right? That was my not-so-sly way of just like telling y'all good news. Uh, yeah, there's just so much more, and I, I better, ooh, I gotta go really fast. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? These three guys, like they go into the fiery furnace and they're, they're taken out. Like, there's a guy that goes in there. Uh, there's a fourth man in the fire, right? And, and they're brought out. And guess what happens after that? They're rescued from the fire. They're, the analogy here doesn't get any better. They are rescued, saved from the fire. And what happens? Therefore, I make a decree, any people, any nation, any language that speaks against this God shall be torn. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Why were they rescued? Not just because they were getting a good job and a pat on the back, but so that the nations would know who God is. And then you get to Daniel and the lion's den, right? Why was he rescued out of the lion's den, saved out of the lion's den? I make a decree that all the people would know who God is. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. We look at this over and over and over and over and over again. And this is just some of the spots. And for some reason then, we like to think that we're the ones that are different. Our salvation is really just about us. We, it, our blessing is really, just, man, we're in that, we might say thank you to him. But the intent of this Psalm 67 and is really like echoing what is said all throughout scripture. May God bless us and pour his, like make his face to shine upon us so that, so that the earth would know who God is. So let the nations be glad. Let the peoples praise you, O oh God. Let all the peoples praise you. That's the reason you exist. 
All the good stuff in your life so that Christ would be made known. All the bad stuff in your life so that Christ would be made known. This is the point. Like everything else is like, whatever, this is it. it and, and if you don't think it's good, like it's, it doesn't get better than this. Are you kidding? Like this is our salvation. There is no greater blessing, right? There's a creator God who has made us and even though we offend him, he sent his son, Jesus, to take on our punishment so that we could have eternal life with him. And you can too. If you don't know this Jesus that we speak of, who conquered death and hell and the grave, who, who offers to you a rescue plan, a way to be saved from not just a fiery furnace, but from an eternity in a place called hell, then right now you, you turn from your sin. You you repent and you trust in Jesus right where you are. It is this gospel that saves. And then we ask the question, okay, how are we going to be a blessing? If we're, if we're called blessed to be a blessing, how are we going to do that? So while we would say that, ah, that through God's grace we offer glory, we would also say that through Christ's victory we develop vision. I mean, like we need a plan, right? We need something that we're supposed to do. And this plan, this vision needs to be like a consuming vision, one that overtakes us, not just consuming in the fact that it like, uh, it's, it's big. It's like it needs to be something that drives us to feel and sense the obligation that we talked about a couple weeks ago, right? When the same one that Paul speaks of in Romans chapter one, I'm under obligation, both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and to the Greek. So that's where we think we want to know our people. We want to care for each other really well so that when we're sent out, we are, our tanks are full. You know what I mean? Like we're, we, we come here on Sundays to, to fill up so we can go right back out and empty ourselves. We want to love our community. We want to have ministry plans. We want to have personal responsibility in making Christ's name known. We want to do whatever it takes to end our debt. And the reason we want to do that is so that we can more effectively reach our world. So yes, it needs to be a consuming vision and a world vision, right? It does need to be global. Like it can't just be so small that we only think of our little circle. We, we need to think of the big global circle. Yes, we need to think of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 to the ends of the earth. We need to think of the Great Commission, Matthew 28 Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And behold, this is the best part, right? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So when he tells us in Mark 16 to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation, we can know that he is there with us. We can know that Acts chapter 1 says we, we get the Holy Spirit and then we share the truth. It's, it's because of the presence of God that we are able to proclaim the glories of God. And as we have said repeatedly, Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. That's what we want, church. 
We want the end to come. Yeah, we want the end of our debt, but we want the end, meaning like Revelation 7, all people from every nation, tribe, and tongue gathered around for, like we want the, the end, but it's really like the beginning, right? That's what we want. That's what we long for. So we've got to follow a vision. If there's been something set before you, a vision to follow, I hope that, and I have, in my part of the responsibility, have clearly communicated that. I pray that even more than just my words, that you would sense the, the Holy Spirit and the power of his word that had been taught and proclaimed in a way that would stir in your heart. And there is a, a few ways for us to respond to all of this today. One is that we can respond through giving. In fact, uh, this is when we kind of think about this envelope, right? So if you brought this envelope from home, that's great. If you don't have one of these and you want to participate, you can, you can even just take any envelope from one of the, uh, the chair racks in front of you and just write on it. And you can write, you write your name and you can mark out and you can say three-year commitment. And you can write that and you can mark out whatever. and Just make it clear however you can, three-year commitment and and today's offering. Maybe you're doing just one of those, but uh, maybe it is that after, after hearing God's word remind you this, maybe that number changes. I don't know. Maybe you came thinking one thing and now you lean over to your spouse and say, maybe we need to adjust that. Maybe we've been blessed more than we realized. I, I do not know. I don't, but in just a minute, part of our response is going to be to bring that to these boxes up here. And, and when you do that, you can pick up one of these magnets, put it on your refrigerator just as a reminder to, to continue to do that, continue to pray that God would make his name known in all the earth. And kids, you uh, hopefully you've brought like the contents of your bank that you've been saving up the last couple months. And so what I want you to do in just a minute, you can come forward and, and place that in the box and there will be somebody up here that will give you one of these stickers and it says on, I'm doing whatever it takes. And so uh, families, moms and dads, we'll, we'll get one of these magnets and kids, we can get one of these stickers. And um, in fact, our fifth graders that are on a mission trip right now, uh, they brought all theirs Friday. They didn't wanna not get, be a part of thing. We have a picture of them, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe not. And uh, it happened, there it is. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, they, they wanted to be a part, right? Even, even now, uh, and so you can respond in that way. Yes, again, filling out this means something, but it's really about you making a commitment to say, I'm in. I'm committing to doing whatever it takes to make Christ's name be known. Maybe for some of you, your response today is that commitment to follow Christ. And so I, I would ask you even now that you would trust in Jesus. But if you have questions about that, maybe there's something you want to know more. There will be some here to my left that would love to, to talk with you, answer questions, to pray with you. And finally, as all of that is happening, there's opportunity to respond by singing. There's a new song we're going to sing here this morning. That was, that was written for us, for 
for our church to sing the highest praise to our most worthy God. May we offer him a return of blessing from all that he has blessed us with. We want to praise the Lord in every generation, right? With, with coins, with voices, with envelopes, with personal commitments. I'm going to praise the Lord until every nation sings his praise. Let the earth rejoice and praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So if you would stand with me. And as we respond, even now, would you come forward and make these commitments to the Lord?